Welcome back to another episode of Crawford Insights, the podcast where we take a recent post from the Crawford Investment Council blog and go more in depth with the author. I'm your host, Tom Bueller, Portfolio Manager at Crawford, and today we'll be discussing Don't Be Fooled by Dividend Hubris with John Crawford IV. Welcome back, John. Glad to have you circle back with us on this topic. Thank you, Tom. Looking forward to being here. You've previously written about the concept of dividend integrity, and you and I recorded a podcast on that topic earlier this year. Now we turn our attention to the other side of the coin, dividend hubris. Can you give us a brief update on what dividend hubris means? Yeah, this is something that occurs when a company pays a dividend that's unsustainably high, and it's typically where management and the board overestimates the capability of the business to maintain a certain payout. And so it's really the opposite of dividend integrity. For our listeners that remember your article on dividend integrity, there was a display in there that basically looked like a dartboard with dividend integrity in the bullseye. You've actually replicated that display again for dividend hubris, but this time it shows all the things you don't want from your stock holdings. There's a tipping point that some companies experience along the, the life cycle of paying dividends, and it essentially is where the dividend goes from a sign of financial strength to more of a stress point for the business where they're having to carry a high payout and it becomes onerous. Once this occurs, the stock market figures it out pretty quickly, and you'll see the price decline and the yield increase as that dividend gets called into question by other investors. For companies that exhibit dividend hubris, the dividend actually is a source of fundamental weakness or impairment. Can you explain how that might be? Yeah, what happens is the dividend, which is a cash payment to shareholders, may be exceeding the earnings of the company or the free cash flow. And so it's really a drain on the financial profile of the business. So that means they're having to fund that dividend out of leverage or taking on debt or perhaps through asset sales or something else that may be cannibalizing the long-term health of the business. And is that something that if you see it once, it's a, a clear sign that the dividend is unsustainable and the company's in trouble? Or can you kind of get by for one or two years doing that? It depends on the, on the business, the consistency of the earnings, the stability of the cash flows, how much leverage they have. You can certainly experience periods where maybe a dividend isn't covered by earnings or, or free cash flow. And the company may stabilize the business, turn things around, and then get back into a position where they're covering it comfortably. So it's, it's usually more than a one- or two-quarter phenomenon. Famed Wall Street investor and financial newsletter writer Raymond DeVoe Jr. once said, more money has been lost reaching for yield than at the point of a gun. At what point does an investor draw the line and determine that the yield is too high? I don't think there's an absolute level of yield that's, that's necessarily too high. Many of these companies who pay out high dividends or have a high dividend payout ratio, they've got businesses with very low capital requirements. They may not be growing very quickly, but they also may not need a lot of reinvestment either. So I would say that you can't pick an arbitrary level where the dividend is too high. Oftentimes, companies that fall into that highest decile of yield that high dividend is somewhat of a red flag that it may not be sustainable. And the market is certainly expressing some doubt that it'll continue to be paid. So you mentioned the, the highest decile. For our listeners that aren't familiar, that's a concept of taking dividend payers and dividing them up into 10% buckets with the highest 10% in that top bucket. Is that an area where we can find a lot of good opportunities to invest for yield? We can definitely find some good opportunities because that's, I think, the point where the market is 
somewhat calling into question whether the company's got dividend integrity or dividend hubris. And so if we do our fundamental research properly and employ some of the conventions that we've developed through the years to help identify companies that can continue to pay and sustain dividends versus those that can't, we can identify some really good values and collect a very high level of income in the process. Empirical data tells you that it's better to invest in higher yielding stocks, but maybe not the highest yielding, because that's where the the dividend is perhaps unsustainably high, or maybe there's another business risk that that high yield is, is reflecting. And so from that standpoint, the best places to invest are typically the eighth and the ninth decile over long periods of time, which is among the higher yielding stocks, but not the very highest yielding, where you have the risk of a dividend cut. Right. Obviously, that risk of a cut is something we want to avoid. Absolutely. And it's that's a, a skill set that, like I said, we've honed over the years and have built-in conventions to our process to help safeguard against owning companies where there's risk of a dividend cut or where there may be dividend hubris. You mentioned empirical data earlier. There's actually another chart in this article that shows companies that have cut or eliminated their dividends and how they've performed over time. Wouldn't it actually be a good thing for a dividend hubris company to cut or reduce their dividend? Well, it depends on a lot of factors, obviously, but it's not a good thing for shareholders across the board because the worst subset of the market performers, as the display on the piece illustrates, is the dividend cutters and eliminators. So not only does this show that companies that have cut their dividends or eliminated them have underperformed virtually all other areas of the market, But actually, the market begins to sense this in advance of the actual event. And so there's a period of underperformance that actually precedes this. So the experience of a shareholder owning companies that cut or eliminate dividends is actually worse than is portrayed on the chart. Yeah, so clearly it's important to identify those before the dividend actually gets cut or eliminated if you want to avoid the majority of the downturn. Absolutely. So if dividend cutters and eliminators have been the worst performers over time, what group's been the best performers? Well, near and dear to our heart is the dividend growers and initiators, uh, particularly the growers. And so that's actually been the best subset of the market to invest in over long periods of time. That supports our claim and our evidence-based research that illustrates that companies with active and robust capital allocation policies outperform over time and certainly The dividend is one tangible sign of capital allocation, and and the chart speaks directly to the validity of of that data set in terms of explaining performance. You mentioned earlier when we were talking about the 10th decile of dividend payers that oftentimes that's where the market is maybe struggling to figure out if a company is displaying dividend integrity or dividend hubris. What part of our fundamental research process helps us to identify which one it's going to be? Well, there's no substitute for balance sheet, income statement, and cash flow analysis. So it's really the rigorous fundamental research that we apply to all our investment candidates and and holdings for that matter. You then also need to look at how economically sensitive or variable the business is. You need to think about the company's commitment and not just propensity to pay the dividend, but their ability to pay as well. And sometimes the high yield reflects a exogenous factor such as high degree of interest rate sensitivity or commodity price risk or some other influence that may be very difficult to predict. And so investors aren't willing to accept that risk. And as a result, the share price is depressed and the, the yield is high. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you can't just look at things in a vacuum. You've got to consider outside factors as well. John, this was a really interesting and enlightening discussion on dividend hubris. It clearly shows a stark contrast to the dividend integrity concept we previously discussed. Certainly, all of our listeners are now better equipped to evaluate stocks with extremely high dividend yields and know to apply a heavy dose of skepticism to those stocks. That concludes our show for today. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out our article, Don't Be Fooled by Dividend Hubris, on our website at insights.crawfordinvestment.com forward slash perspectives. Subscribe to our Perspectives articles while you're there, and be sure to join us for another episode next month.